fellow adventurers, and welcome back to this week's episode, where we will be chronicling the continued exploits of a group of dangerously codependent dipshits as they sip top-shelf cocktails and go grey broving in a real-play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, have a firm handshake and sit the fuck down. We've got too much to cram in for pleasantries. But here's a little catch-up for you nonetheless. The adventuring party is made up of Tatty Bojangles, a gnome ranger, running from his past. His closest friend, a snow-white wolf called Lady. Belsiar, a disgraced dragonborn sorcerer, thrown out of the prodigious magical society known only as a wizard's sleeve. Hanash, a half-orc fighter whose brawn far outstrips his brains, never far from the fight, but not the guy you want adding up the bill. Maud of Nightmares, a well-dressed tiefling druid with a sharp tongue and sharper claws. Her moral compass comes in handy as a fan in the summer months. And finally, Aristobulus, a human cleric of dubious taste, never quite the same after being molested by an owlbear on a school camping trip. Now, if the audio quality seems a little bit wanky this week, well, that's because it is. We made the bold artistic choice to record Hanash ten feet underwater in a reservoir. Whilst we thought it best to record Belsiar through a brick wall with a dirty sock over the microphone. But you know, it's those kind of risks that win you the awards in this industry. So, if you can forgive us those artistic flourishes... Grab a drink, settle down, and join us for this week's episode. Enjoy! Right, quick recap on where we got to last week, because it's been a couple of weeks for some of us. So, last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had just bumbled their way through a myriad of puzzles in the old abandoned observatory in the ruins of Melasmere, resulting clues pointing to a graveyard by the old cathedral. All the while, the gnome ranger, Tati, coming to terms with his new disability, having recently lost a significant portion of his fingers. Setting out into the night, the group had attempted to keep a low profile and made their way across the ruins as quietly as possible. It was, of course, at this moment that Aristobulus decided to mend his flute and pipe up in a merry tune of celebration. This instantly alerted the presence of the hooded figure who had been stalking them, Aristobulus taking an arrow to the stomach. Sensing the seriousness of their current situation, Theolian took off into the night, shouting, drawing away the attention of the masked hunter with a timely distraction. The remainder of the adventuring party pressed forwards to the graveyard, where they soon sensed they were not alone. Puffing up his chest, Belsiar ignited the night air with a belch of draconic flames. Scream, echoing out in the darkness in front of them. On closer inspection, the party found the slightly worse-for-wear form of a tiny drunken fairy who was cursing them and demanding more drink before he sobered up. While all this was going on, Tatty left the party to race after Theolian and found him crouched in a bush watching their would-be stalker. A man of some skill, dressed head to toe in animal skins, he was observed inspecting the group's tracks. With the fingerless Tatty spoiling for a fight, Theolian counselled him to perhaps not bite off more than he could chew, advising them to instead slip away into the night and find the rest of the party. On arrival back, they found the group gathered around the ferry who was fighting Aristobulus and demanding more drink. On being presented with a hip flask of felt water, the diminutive fairy took a single deep swig and instantly dropped to the fore, appearing to be dead. And that is where we will pick up this week's adventure. 
Right. What are you all doing as you all find yourself? It's um, late. It's deep, deep into the night as you find yourself in the graveyard, the rain spitting down from above as you all gather around the tiny little form of the gnome. The gnome. Not the gnome. The fairy. Um, God. I, fairies and gnomes. I, I, I propose we tie it up just below the drip and let the drip drop onto its head. And then we'll try and extract some information as it's slowly being waterboarded. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Hanash, pushing forwards into the ring, puts forward the suggestion that the party waterboards the tiny fairy. As you take your hip flask full of canteen full of water, drape a small cloth over the fairy's mouth and start pouring water over his still form. After a while, you realise you've just soaked the fairy and not much else is happening. His body's still stationary and immobile. Um, Aristobulus is going gonna, is gonna to go over and um, if, the, if, the, if the fairy looks like he's in, he's in pretty bad shape, he's going to cast... Um, he's going he's gonna to just like prod him in the chest a little bit with one finger and he'll be like, are you all right, mate? And then he's going to cast Cure Wounds. <laughs> I'd just like to say that is an amazing rendition of Lewis's voice. <laughs> actually, actually, it's not a rendition of Lewis's voice. It's a rendition of your rendition of Lewis's voice. Somebody doesn't want any XP at the end of this, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go where the heat is, man. Okay. As you all gather round in the um, torchlight, you see Aristobulus push forward through the ring of people. And as he kneels down, he rolls up one sleeve of his shiny garb and you see his greasy, filthy hands. He reaches out a single finger, pushes down onto the tiny body of the fairy. Doing CPR, you see his finger prodding, probing, pulsing. As his fingertip starts growing and growing and a crackling blue energy releases off it. And you see a sudden jolt, a spark of energy leap onto the fairy's chest as you see him defibrillate the fairy with a you you hear a sudden from the fairy and up comes a tiny little spew of felt water as it hacks up onto the fairy's chest and a little voice says what the fuck was that um and the and the fairy healed for 12 hp why thank you um and aristobulus just goes you're all right <laughs> I don't know. Oh fuck me, Jesus Christ! What's this sticky stuff all over my chest? The finest felt water in the world. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I like a drink as much as the rest of them, but felt water, Jesus Christ! Anyway, why are you all gathered around me? Uh, looks over suspicion. He looks over in suspicion at the dragonborn, and you are that whiny cunt that tried to set me alight. Yes, that yes, I remember you now. Yeah, did, did you catch fire? He looks down at his tiny little wings. They've still got a slight burn damage to them. Well, yes, yes, I did burn your wee twat. Good. Uh, I'm glad I've still got it. Well, you're not very friendly, are you? Anyway, what brings you here to my graveyard? Uh, can we can we ask him about? The um, we're looking for a town. What town are you looking for? The nearest one. I mean, you're in the middle of the. I mean, you're in you're in the middle of the ruins of a city. There's not really a town anywhere near here. You're you're in the wilderness. I'm afraid. I see. I come from the Feywild. I'm not from there. I. 
I was kicked out of the Feywild. I'm not going to lie. I'm not the best fairy in the entire world. I might have a, uh, we might have a problem or two. See, I, I might have snorted slightly too much fairy dust. I got myself <laughs> disgraced in the Feywild. I don't want to say that I'm a trouble starter, but uh, yes, they kicked me out of the Feywild. Can, can I take a water bottle from Tassie? Looks like he's packing a load of stuff. Can I take a water bottle from Tate and can I shove the fairy into the water bottle and cork it? Is this a full water bottle? <laughs> really? really no, no, it's an empty one. <laughs> um, yes, of course. Yeah. If you want to try and catch the fairy, can you make me... Well, say it's a surprise and you're not going to tell anyone what you're doing. So if you snatch up the canteen of water... You make me a sleight of hand check to see whether you can... He's just been resuscitated. How quick can he be? Um, can't see sleight of hand. Just above sleight. Just below yeah, yeah. I can't spell sleight. That's fine. Eight. Eight. As you, Maud, the tiefling, attempt to sneak surreptitiously and grab the fairy and stick him into the uncorked bottle he suddenly looks up sees the flash of blue in your bright yellow eyes and just dodges out the way his wings buzzing as he goes and flies to the side as he looks you straight in the eye and like what the fuck are you up to we don't trust you you don't look like you belong in this dimension i don't trust you as far as i could throw you i want to jump in at this point and just say leave 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 him alone he's I've, 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 I've also been kicked out of things, and it, it, it never stops hurting. Oh, what did you get yourself kicked out of, Dragonborn? The, 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 the wizard's leave. It's wizard's very leave. prestigious. What did but, you do to get yourself thrown out of the wizard's leave? I feel that's a bit sensitive right now, but it, it was, it was tyromancy related. Ah, yes. I like a bit of cheese myself. See me? I like a bit of the, uh, you know, the sparkly dust. I snorted myself a fair too much bit of fairy dust. I got thrown out the Feywild, and worst of all, my wife left me. Her name was Lacey. She was a uh, tooth fairy. That means I don't get to see my two children. They're called Mola and Incisor. Great little children. Great little children. Very nice name. I have to pay my child maintenance. And do you know what? The bitch makes me pay it in teeth. So here I am in a graveyard robbing graves to find teeth. I know it's not, it doesn't pay me in a great, in a great light. But yes, I'm here to rob teeth and I go and I send them back. That's um, your excuse. Um, Tati is going to, hearing him talk about robbing graves, uh, Tati is going to jump straight. He's going to do a, he's going to jump the shark of the, the, the moral implications of, of robbing graves. And he's going to say, um, we're actually looking for um, something in particular in this, in this cathedral, in this graveyard. Um, could be a grave. Um, have you seen one around here with, um, that's got um, the markings of an altar on it? I'm not going to lie. I've not really been paying a great deal of attention. I mean, I don't really look at the names on the graves. I just, I get my wee shovel, and he just pulls a tiny little shovel. 
And I just dig and I dig and I dig and I dig. And I steal the teeth. Not going to lie. Why are you looking in graves? What are you looking for? Um, someone, uh, someone took something from the, um, the old observatory nearby and uh, they hid it somewhere in this cathedral. Sounds like me, like you're on a treasure hunt. I like a good treasure hunt. At this point, Theolian pipes up from the back and says, Look, I don't want to rush us along, but there is a man hunting us through the dark who has attempted to kill us, as he points to the wound in Aristobulus's stomach. Could we perhaps get the fuck on with this and get the orbs and get out of here? Yeah, I wondered why Aristobulus only had 15 out of 27 health. Okay, um, Tati is gonna uh, do a quick. Uh, how big is the graveyard outside? Uh, it's about 20, 20 feet by twenty feet. There's probably yeah, fifteen graves in it or something like that. Okay, Tati is gonna do a scan, uh, probably an investigation of all the all the graves to make sure that there's none that have altar markings on them. Okay, make me an investigation check. Natural 20. Boom. As the tiny little gnome dashes around with his stumpy little fingers and goes in the pouring rain from grave to grave, you see various names carved out into the stone. Some of the graves are in bad ways with the stones, some of them fallen forward, some of them smashed off at angles. Some of them have symbols engraved on them, but most of them appear to you to be of a religious nature rather than any of the um symbols that you've seen but what you do notice from your natural 20 investigation is that the pattern that the graves are laid out fits the pattern that was marked on the piece of paper that you found so you should in rows and columns be able to find which grave goes to which symbol that makes sense can i do that then can i find the can i uh, check the graveyard against the um, against the map and go check the right grave. You most certainly can. You can you can now tell from your natural twenty roll which grave corresponds to which symbol. Which symbol would you like to go to? Um, the first one I'll go to is the the one with the altar. That was that was the one that we was that the important one from. In the puzzle episode, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, you better hope it is. Um, go on, right? Go on if you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go, we could divide and conquer, and like take like a symbol each or something. I was going to say, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna point out to everyone else where the um, where the other graves are that correspond with the markings on the on the map. Um, I'll take I'll take the altar. If um, if you guys want to take the others, yeah, so, Sh- Shan, do you want to take the? Uh, seen as I'm a, seen as I'm a, a perilous note taker, you can take the squatting dog. Um, Hunash can <laughs> Hunash can have the snowflake because he's a because he's a hipster snowflake. Um, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Aristobulus is going to take the snake because he's a snake, and. Um, and Belsiar, yeah, you can take the hand because I have mage hand. And and you you uh, Belsiar jumps to jumps to take the hand 
noticing that, that Tatty might get upset if he has to take that one. <laughs> okay, right. Based on that, just as a quick recap, there was, and you can see this from your map, so it's not exactly a spoiler, there was a snowflake, a hand, a skull, a snake, a broken altar, and a squatting dog. So who would like to go first? I'll go first. I guess, like, I don't have any digging implements, so I'm going to, I'm just going to go with my hands. I'm just going to, and then just, yeah, dig away. What symbol did you get? Snowflake. Snowflake. Dainty little snowflake. So <clears throat> we see Hanash with his rippling green furry biceps, a real tank of a human, well, a tank of an orc. As he goes forwards, rolls up his sleeves, he kneels down in front of the grave that corresponds to the snowflake icon. On it, you see it's been smashed and vandalized over the years, and you can barely make out the inscribings that were carved into the stone plate. Reaching down, using your fingers, you reach through the grass into the soft mud and start wrenching up clods and just throwing them over your shoulder. Making short work of it, sweat beating on your brow, you suddenly feel a poof as your hand hits something hard. Ooh. I, uh, yeah, I, I've got a... Um... A crowbar. So I'm gonna. I'm, I'm assuming I look at the thing and think, is this a grave? And not the grave. Is this a coffin? Is this a grave? Yes. As you scoop away with your hands, almost like a dog digging, you fling mud and grass and clods and earth and the occasional piece of stone to one side, and you feel with your fingers the grain of wood as you start uncovering the lid of a coffin. Yeah, I'm gonna crowbar this coffin up. Okay. As you lean in, you you excavate all the earth as well as you can with your feels, chipping your dark green fingernails. You're never going to win a beauty pageant at this con at this rate. As the last of the earth removed from the top of the lid, the rain beating down on your back, soaking your clothes to your skin, you see the lid of the coffin is held together by two nails taking the crowbar out of your backpack you get purchase underneath the lid lean back and there's a crack as part of the lid the top part of the lid cracks off and you look underneath once the stench of decomposition has passed you look down and you see the body of a woman and the way you can tell it's a woman is the fact that she is entwined in a beautiful silken robe and headscarf that wraps around the yellow bones of her decomposed body, the tatters of the last remnants of flesh still hanging to her face. I think to myself what I'm going to do, like, and then I just like rip all the clothes off and like think that maybe there'll be like, there'll be like a clue here. So I'll like, I'll bring anything that's not like bone or flesh up to the surface. And I'll, I'll have a look around to make sure that there's like nothing hiding under the skull. I'll like kind of throw the bones out of the way and kind of looks like have a have a nosy all up in the coffin. Okay. And can I? Can I? Before that happens, can I go up to him and can I request very nicely the the silk turban because I think it suits my scales. 
I think He's I'm going to say this to myself, to myself. I think this is just like when that rat, when that dog wants my rat. Mm. <laughs> mm. I reach for the blunderbuss, but then I think, ah, I'll let it go this time. And then I, I throw I throw the garments to, to her. Yeah. Sets That's off it. my um, my jaundice eyes. <laughs> 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 so I, I just like, run throw it and then like uh, and then like just kind of start shuffling through it again through all through all my stuff again through all the bones so yes ripping the very cloth off the bones of the the decomposed lady you hear uh, some footsteps behind you turning around you see Maud with her arms out handing her with some degree of frustration you hand her the silken robes Maud you take the robes you see that they're surprisingly still in very good condition after what you can only assume is a very long time by the decomposed state of the body with the leathery flaps of skin over it. Panning back to you, Hanash, as you dig in, you move around the body, looking everywhere, pulling off the rest of the lids. You look underneath, going from top to bottom and feeling into the uh, the, the, the velvet behind the body you find two silver coins, but that's all Ooh. you can find other than the parts of the bones. So are they like normal currency silver coins or at least some like a different kind of silver coin? Uh, make me a perception check. 17. 17. You reach down, you look at it, you lick it, you sniff it, you bite it, you flip it. Sounds like some sort of dodgy sex tape. <laughs> As you... You've seen silver coins before, and as far as you can tell, this is just a standard mint silver coin. Put it in my okay. pocket. Put them in your pocket. Right. Who's up? Who else wants to have a punt? This feels like a fairground amusement where everyone gets a sort of locked box to... Step right up. Take a dick up a grave and win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> classic fairground game. That takes me back to my childhood in Barnsley. <laughs> Fucking carny folk. <laughs> <laughs> Digging graves with carny folk. A standard Saturday night in Barnsley. <laughs> um, who's up? Go on, Belsia. Oh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take a punt, but um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like idly look around to make sure at least one other person is watching. Then I'm just gonna use mold earth to extract my <laughs> feet. Of, of soil out of the ground and just drop it on the ground next to the grave. So, uh, what symbol did you have? Sorry, uh, the hand. The hand. Ooh. So, looking over at the form of Hanash, who's sweating, the rain pouring down on him, the sweat beading on his brow, and his hands stained up to the elbows with brown mud. You think, why work hard when I can work smart? Stepping back. You feel the, well, the ozone crackles. The very rain starts evaporating around you and sizzling as a spiritual energy digs into the ground and you see an almost perfect rectangle of earth rising up out the ground as the rest of you feel the earth shaking as it kind of hovers in midair. Bits of soil raining back down and roots. You see bugs and worms fall out the bottom as it just goes poof, onto the ground to the next... Uh, next to it as you look over and you see the lid of a coffin in front of you um 
yeah, this, this this is where I I my 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 plan fails because I'm I don't have any coffin opening spells. Uh, but I do have a crowbar. <laughs> Bloody academics, all the same. Have you got smooth uh, hand? Yes, yes, I do. Um, yeah, no, short of setting it on fire, I'll 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 crowbar it open. Good You're not going to ice knife a coffin open. <laughs> if that would work. I just don't think it would. I was tempted to use the blunderbuss to try and blow my way into the grave, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! That would have been absolutely amazing. Like dynamite fishing. <laughs> Sounds epic. Okay, so... Um, Belsia, having moved the earth using magic, looks down, trying to find something in his arsenal of magic to open the coffin... For some reason, not using his mage hand or anything similar, decides to take out a crowbar, puts it underneath the lid, and pries. I feel like feel mage the... hand's a bit... It's a bit showy for this kind of thing, to, to use mage hand. I, I don't want to yeah. overdo mage hand. Only, only if, like, Tati's getting, getting his hands crushed to death. Fair, fair. So, Belsia, you feel the, the edge of the crowbar fit underneath the lid of the coffin as you lean back you feel the pressure and the tension on the crowbar as you put your full weight putting your knee against it and leaning the lid pops open and in that moment you feel the heat and the warmth as an explosion blasts up out of the coffin throwing you clean into the air and dumping you onto the ground as you feel all of you look round and see the dragonborn hurtle through the air screaming clods of earth raining down on top of him um, Belsia, make me a. Well, you can either make me a survival check, or you can make me a. Do you know what? Make me sorry. Make me a dexterity saving throw. I'll give you an opportunity to. Uh, okay, eighteen. Eighteen. Something doesn't feel right as you put your foot down on the crowbar as you hear the click you turn your head at the last moment as you feel the warmth blast across you thrown clean across the graveyard you land on a heap in the ground taking four points of damage you feel your robes sizzling and burning as you look over and just see the burnt charred remains of the coffin all around the place there's no is there any body any body parts that have crawling back to the smoking crater you look over the lip of it and there's very little left except splintered bits of charred wood and the occasional incinerated earthworm you can only presume that it was booby trapped but who would i, I say fuck sing belsiar we'll stop blowing up blowing shit up we got business to do <laughs> it was yolian comes in at the edge and he says Look, I don't want to ruin the party or anything, but could you try and make less noise? We are being hunted. And for the love of God, could somebody stop that fairy from smashing teeth out the front of that woman's skeleton over there? Did you all look over and the tiny little fairy is currently, like, just ripping teeth out of the skeleton of the woman that Hanash unveiled as he's like, don't mind me, I'm just paying my child maintenance. Come on then. I say, just our, uh, I say to our friend, like, uh, well, if you want him to get teeth, then you give him your teeth, or he'll keep him taking those teeth. Motherfucker. 
I mean, if you're talking Staffing. to me, my my teeth are two hundred years old, and I quite like them. I don't they really look want two hundred years old. At least you're not trying to kiss me. As he looks over Aristobulus, try that again, you pervert, and I will rip out your tongue. <laughs> so my so Aristobulus is currently um, uh, he's he's kind of passive aggressively. Um, digging at the um the snake grave uh grave the one that's marked with the with the snake on the on the map he's using the shovel uh because he's passive aggressively uh thinking if I don't know what if I don't know how magical this thing is I'm just going to use it as a normal fucking shovel. <laughs> okay, so as Aristobulus digs away into the earth. You all look over and he's whistling to himself as he's like, just digging away, singing a little song. You're my little shovel. You're my little shovel. One day we're going to be best friends, but for now you're just a shovel. As he digs away, as he hits something. Oh, I think I found something. As he reels down, scrapes away the surface as he sees another coffin. Oh, yeah. All right. I've got one. As he just like lobs the shovel to one side. Stay there. Leans down, throws the last of the earth out of the way, looks over. Belsia, can I borrow your crowbar? Sure thing. Uh, just throw it over to him. Thanks. Is it a magic crowbar? Does it do anything else? Yes, but you have to, uh, you have to rub it and then talk to it. And it'll grant he your wish. winking off the crowbar. What kind of... Oh, oh, what's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, God, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling this, this is solid. All right, yeah, enough of this tomfoolery. Right, as he digs in underneath the layer of the, uh, that he, he digs in, you, you see him put the crowbar underneath the lip of the um, coffin. He cracks it open. You hear a creaking noise as he looks down. He takes in the full aroma of decay. Oh, yeah, smells like my mum's cooking. <laughs> As he looks down, oh, that's so cute. As you all gather around and look down, you see the body. You see one adult body and two children's bodies, little skeletons just curled up next to the adult as three people were buried together in a single coffin. Um, Aristobulus is going to... Shit, I don't even know how he would react. (laughs) I think he would use them as dolls. (laughs) Yeah, that was my first thought. (laughs) <laughs> he's going to very very quickly even though he had, even though his first reaction was oh that's so cute after after realizing how sad it is he's going to take a quick a quick nip of of whatever booze he's got uh, and then he's going to he's going to kind of respectfully pick up the children put them to one side and then kind of search them one by one and search the coffin as Aristobulus stoops in, he picks up the children with all reverence and respect and puts them to one side. He frisks the lady. And you all think for a moment, huh, he's grown as a person. And as you look back at him, you realise he's taken the jaw of the little child's skull and just moving it up and down as he says, oh, look at me, I can't afford my own grave. I had to share one with my mother. Julian walks back in. The Odeon walks back in and says, that is both 
disrespectful and highly stupid when we are being hunted by a man who has already attempted to shoot you in the stomach. Could you just shut the fuck up? As Aristobulus turns around and says, I will kiss you again if you don't piss off. Back up. Two metres. Two metres. As he uses the child's body to bite off the alien. <laughs> yeah, he uses, he uses the child's body like, like pushes the head forward, head first, and he's like, eh. so fucking oh. dark. Dark. Right, who's up next? What's Maud doing? I was going to say, go on, Shannon. Um, Maud has, I put on the kimono, um, which I've kind of dusted off. Um, all the fleshy, scabby bits of the kimono. Um, I've kind of picked away. There are a couple of minging stains, but I've scraped them off. Like, you know where fat gets congealed, where bodies like decaying? So I've scraped those manky bits off. And I think you've been moving more dead bodies than we have. Put on the kimono, and it comes with a little wrap. So I do the wrap up. And it sets off my blue scales really nicely, so I'm quite impressed. But I have to make a little slit in the back so that my tail can go through. So I do that. And then I get the turban, and the turban's blue with, like, bright yellow flowers. So I put the blue and bright yellow flowers turban on, and it offsets everything really nicely because I've got jaundice eyes like just the right shade of blue skin to kind of, you know, really make it pop. So then I decide in my like Carmen Miranda get up to uh, start flailing around, digging with, digging with my tail. As all of this is going on, Theolian is, as ever, looking down his nose at you as he just watches you trying on your outfit, customising it, adjusting it, pinning it. He just shakes his head. It better be worth it. So I turn and I snarl at him like with my massive pointy fangs, just close enough to let him know that I'm breaking my twig. Um, and then I get back on with the business at hand. So I get my tail, and my tail's doing all the digging, and it's got a little puffy bit at the end, so it's like excavating. Nice. What symbol did mm-hmm. you have? Uh, I had the shitting dog, so it's just like time team. You had the shitting dog. Yeah. As you, with your tail scooping and flailing away, cutting away at the earth, you do, do scoop down, scoop up the last of the sodden earth with your hands, flinging it over your shoulder as your tail goes doof, down onto the lid of the box, the Ooh. coffin. You sit solid. Brilliant. So I get my massive chloe claws, and because I'm quite quite brawny but short bears and I crouch down and I use my tail for kind of balance and I grab it and I drag it out um and I start pulling away at the sides of the coffin and it looks really really decayed so I'm doing an okay job okay as you pull the coffin out you hear it jingling and clattering you hear something inside moving. As you move it, you hear something tumble down to one end. Oh, and I think, brilliant. Bracelets to go with my outfit. Phenomenal. Um, so I get a bit bored. 
we're trying to break open a coffin and the person's clearly dead like the coffin's decaying they've been dead for ages so i fling it on the floor with my tail like fling it upside down and it cracks open it cracks open you see a sack tumble out of it i open the coffin a little bit more because i want to see what they're wearing um you know shoes would go well with this outfit as as you open it more, you realise there's nothing in the coffin, only the end contents of the sack, which is now dumped out onto the sodden earth in front of you. Oh, brilliant. So I go over, and because it's all minging, um, because clearly it's been in there with a dead person, it's like full of oil and fat and bits of hair and shit like that. So I pick it up with my little tail, and I fling it up in the air and catch it with my hands. Um, and then with two little claws, I open it to be able to see what's inside um, and poke my little snout in. Poking a little snout in, you look and you see various bits and bobs as you see things shining back at you. As you look down and you pull out a set of silver cutlery, a knife and fork and spoon, you see a tankard. You see candlesticks. Um, all of them appear to you to be silver. Somebody appears to have stolen something from somewhere and buried it in the coffin, ready to come back for it later. I think that's quite a stretch. It could have been um, buried with that person because it was their most important possession. But I also see um, in the fork, I could use it to pin up my hair. So I grab the fork and I pin up my hair. And under the under the um, head turban. thing that I've got. Yeah, under the turban. Um, and then I fit the knife into my squirrel bag because I've still got my squirrel bag. Excellent. So secreting away the various silver bits and bobs that you've picked up, sticking the fork into your hair, holding back your dark blue hair, you put the rest away for a rainy day to either be used or traded. As everyone turns finally to Tatty and the last grave. Before we go any further, can I make sure that I get hold of one of the children's skulls? Because I, a while back, I was trying to. I think we were in we were in the mines. I was trying to get a dwarf skull to turn into a into a cool sorcerer's drinking vessel, and for some reason, I don't think I was able to get the dwarf skull. But looking at the children's skulls, I'm starting to think, yeah, that would make a really good like a nicely sized cup for a sorcerer to, to drink from. And they're already dead, so it's not like a bad uh, thing. I thought this was going to be for one of your new magic tricks at your children's party. Skull's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. always cool to have. <laughs> Where's Jimmy go? This is Jimmy now. <laughs> exactly. That's a good idea. You could use him for um, as like a, a, a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can you can use it to like as as a prop, and then the 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 top of the head will come off, and you can also drink from it. That's what I'm thinking. I've never thought how many uses there are for a child's skull before. This is amazing. And it's just a, like an adult skull, way too big. Like you have to drink that. <laughs> this ain't no tiki bar. I'm having a classy drink here. I'm so glad that we toggled the explicit button on the podcast when we pushed it out. This is literally, this could be the Halloween. You never know. If we time it right, this could be the Halloween episode. Jesus Christ. Sponsored by 
Skull candy. Skull candy. Wow. (laughs) Dear God, skull candy. Co-op funeral homes. The Prudential. Life insurance. (laughs) God knows. That's real. (laughs) You just imagine. Jesus Christ. Anyway, the Dragonborn walking over to the the placed bodies of the, the, the family that were buried in one of the coffins. Reaching down, you just pick up and you go... And just pull the, the head off, polish it a little bit, like that scene out of uh, Predator 2, where he's got the trophy room full of skulls. You just take the child's skull, use magic to blast the last of the skin off it. Look down at yourself, feeling smug, as the fairy buzzes over. Are you going to be using those teeth? No, you can you can have the teeth. I don't need the teeth. All right. That's, yeah, that's very big of you. As he just smashes the teeth, he gets his little wooden sword and just starts smashing the teeth out in the front of the child's skull. Just puts them away in the little bag and just buzzes off into the night. And anything for a friend. I know. I mean, you do owe me after burning my fucking wings off. Yeah, I feel bad. Um, oh, don't feel bad. You should see what my fucking ex-wife did to me. Lacey, she fucking hates me. Ever since I fell out of rehab. See, I joined a rehab. I joined... Um, I couldn't really go on, not the way I was. I joined Sprites for Sobriety and we met every week and we all sat around in a circle and we shared our feelings. But I'm not very good at sharing the feelings. So they kicked me out. And now here I am. I miss the Feywild. But I just sent my bag of teeth back to my wife every month. I put it, I put it on the summoning circle and I send the teeth back to her. Do you know what? I had a sponsor. My sponsor in Sprites for Sobriety was a centaur. We had a cross-dressing centaur. Do you know what? You've never seen a cross-dressing centaur. He had sparkly hooves, painted his hooves, the most amazing colors you've ever seen. His name was Ralph. What a guy. I miss him. But anyway, enough about me. Ralph the centaur. Ralph the cross-dressing centaur. You couldn't make this shit up. You had the most amazing sparkly hooves. Right. Anyway, looks like you're the last one. Um, yeah, as I'm um, uh, investigating the, the grave with the altar mark on the map, um, I'm actually going to send, uh, or I'm going uh, to ask Lady to, to just do like a, a little prowl around which I kind of assume that Theolian is doing at the same time, just to kind of keep watch. Yes. As you look around, Theolian is very much a man whose head is on a pivot. He's always looking around. As a trained hunter, he's keeping an eye on what's around you, keeping a perimeter on it. And Lady, as well, you send to just stay on the edge of things. Uh, Make me a perception check. 22. 22. As you're looking around, one of the things you do notice after a while, as you've watched everyone else dig into their coffin, dig into their graves and, and open the lids of their coffins, you've been waiting, knowing that yours is probably the one that will yield the most results. One thing you do occasionally notice, you get the eerie sensation that perhaps the cathedral isn't empty. As you get the feeling that you see lights flickering on the inside of it from time to time. You're sure that it's possibly not just the lightning that you see fire and flames on the inside of the cathedral. Um, can I uh, can I quietly get Theolian's attention from where from where I'm kind of investigating the grave? Yep. 
Uh, Nova, you catch the alien's eye and, and you, with your stumpy little fingers that are no longer there, you usher him forward as he comes forward and kneels down next to you. For a moment, he stops next to you and just says, We haven't really talked about what you did. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for coming back for me. I say, um, didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. Just, you know, as much as, uh, as much as you don't like us and as much as we might not represent the type of people that you would usually associate yourselves with, um, you are one of us now. And that means that, you know, as much as, as much as you feel you're responsible for our safety as we go on, as we go on this adventure, um, we're also responsible for yours. Do you know what, little man? That's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Growing up, I was just sent off to learn to hunt. All I ever wanted to do was play with the other children. I wanted to play the lute and climb trees like other children. Instead, my uncle packed me off with a wad of lemnus bread and a sharp knife and sent me off hunting into the woods. Do you know what I did? I ate all of the lemnus bread in a single sitting. Thoroughly constipated myself. Call myself a new arsehole shitting that lemnus bread out. Mm. All I ever wanted to be was an entertainer. Sadly, I was a great killer. I had an uncle called Eusephorus who used to entertain in the king's court. Your friend Aristobulus reminds me a lot of him. Mm. As much as I don't like him very much, I do wish sometimes that I could be as free and easy as him. He's, uh... No, I... No. I'm, I'm, I'm something of an entertainer myself. I do parties, bar mitzvahs, weddings, that, that kind of thing. Oh, Really? What kind of tricks can you do, Dragonborn? I Show reach me. behind his ear. I reach behind his ear and, and pull out a, uh, a copper piece. Holy shit! That's amazing! Do you yeah, do other currency? Uh, no, no I, I, I can't afford anything much more than, than, than coppers. Oh, dear. I know sometimes I can be serious and grumpy, but really, I do appreciate you taking me under your wing. Taking me into your ragtag group of, of crazy people. I know that you're not always quiet. I know that you're not always subtle, but your heart is in the right place. He takes you both to one side. Between you and me, do you think that greasy priest meant anything by that kiss? I think you should go for it. If, if, if I, 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 I don't know if he has a sexuality. I think he's just a force of nature. I think his sexuality is a force of nature. Yeah, but I just but you you know what you know what they say about an, an unstoppable force and an and a immovable object. I don't. What do you do? Tell me. Well, when when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, it's sexy bound, time. It's bound to be. It's bound to be chaos. And you know, you know, love is chaos. If if nothing else. Well, I mean, at 200 years old, I'm not saying that it's been a while for me, but um, it's been a while for me. A, a geriatric elf and a whiny masturbator. That sounds like a match made in heaven. 
Well, listen, I tell you what, if we make it out of this and we get all these orbs, maybe you could help me make a move on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be your wingman. <laughs> I mean, this. I really appreciate this. And he looks over at you both. And if you mention this to the big green bastard or the blue scary lady, and he takes his knife out, I will geld the pair of you. This is between you and me, and I mean, maybe Aristobulus. I mean, if you if you do that, you're only you're only hurting your own chances. So. I don't know why I'm taking relationship advice off a man who just pulled the head off a child's skeleton and used it as a drinking implement. But times are tough and needs must. I am in a, in a, in a, in a obviously like sarcastic sense, like I'm taking the piss out of Theolian's usual, usual demeanor. I'm going to say, you know, enough with the small talk. The reason why I got you over here is just to say, don't go into the cathedral without us because I think there's, I, I don't think, I don't think we're alone here. Oh, the tracking skills are not totally lost. Yes, we are not alone. I would say, judging by the noises coming out of there, there's more than one individual in there. And they do not sound altogether human. I'm just going to say, that- I'm just going to say, um, keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye on Lady while you're circling the perimeter. While I and I just kind of like point down to the grave. He reaches down, gets under her jowls, tickles her. Don't worry, I will look after Lady or Barbara or whatever the hell her name is. And he gives her a little shovel, and, and they both walk off around the perimeter. He comes back momentarily. Remember, don't tell anyone about our little secret. You got it, man. You got it. I told you, you're one of us. It's not easy What's being. A, it's not easy being a two hundred year old single white elf, as he just skulks off around the perimeter. Hey, Hanash, what's up? Good guys, lovely weather. It sure is rain. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna dig up the. Um, uh, dig up the um, grave then. As you go to push your fingers to dig into the soil, you realize you have no tips to your fingers as you just frantically scoop away at nothing. I I have a crowbar. I will be using the crowbar. Thank you. As you go to pick the crowbar up, you realize you have no tips to your fingers. I've got like half my my fingers. I can can grab it. (laughs) Why are you Popeye, you know? (laughs) As you grab on... As you Popeye with the crowbar, make me a athletics check. Six. Six. As you <laughs> leaning back against it, your greasy stumps slip around the crowbar as you thud to the ground. As you look over, Aristobulus just sniggering to himself, Belsiar just sipping a drink out of a child's skull. I'm just going to... I'm just I'm I'm just going to ask Hanash to help me. I I I I come over I'm like it's okay, little man, and then I just go I like like a little warhog. 
<laughs> Taking route one, Hanash smashes through the earth, almost like a honey badger, just pulverizing the just earth and clods and soil just flying in all directions. You almost see the insects leaping out of the way to get out of his way as he hit the I am gonna I am gonna say to Hanash uh to let me once he gets to the coffin to let me check it for traps and stuff. As you Hanash, as you hit down you feel the poof this isn't wood. This is metal. I know, a bit shiny, shiny down here. Oh. What's trying to escape? Is it, is, has the hole been dug wide enough that I can, like, jump down to... Yeah, as, as I mean, it's not all the way to the edges of metal. You jump down and you're on the lid of something uh, solid and rusty, wrought iron. Room for one more. <laughs> <laughs> These kind of skills. Um, yeah, I'm gonna with uh, with Honash's help, I assume. Uh, I'm gonna attempt to work work my way around it and see if I can find um, like latches to open it up or a lock. Um, but I will check it for traps as I go around as well. Okay, so um, tell you what, as you're both looking for a way in and looking for traps, make me an investigation check. Should we both do it, or does one of us need to do it? Tell you what, one of you can do it with advantage, or you can both roll independently, I don't mind. I'm going to do it with advantage. I'm going to assume that's what the point was. I nominate you. Well, like uh, my version of like looking around is like tapping it, like listening, like you know, you know like when they're like on like a bolt and they listen, they give like a tap. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this is real crackable right here. You've got you've got a tuning fork. Yeah, I have no idea what it means, but I'm enjoying myself. Fifteen, fifteen. You get real low to it. You put your ear to the metal. And you get your tiny little stumpy fingers, turn them into a stumpy little fist and go. And you can almost hear it's hollow. You can hear a kind of noise on the inside. As you go around to the edges, digging away at the earth between a pair of you, you find the four corners of the box. This is a box and not a coffin. As you see the hinges at the back and you see a keyhole at the front. How big is the box? Uh, that's a good question. The box is about a metre wide and about 50 centimetres deep. Uh, sorry, 50 centimetres by, by a metre. So, so it's a rectangle. Mm. Have, we, have we found a key somewhere? Does someone have a key? It's, yeah. I, 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 I feel like I remember a key happening. Look, AJ, someone does have a key. <laughs> okay. Aristobulus is behind you as he just holds up his shovel. I think this is the key. <laughs> well, I was trying to slam it into the keyhole. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. Easy. Um, I had some keys in my bag, in that bag that I found in the coffin. Did it contain a key? No. The coffin contained a knife, a fork, a spoon, some candlesticks, and a tankard. <clears throat> Would you like my fork to try and, like, jiggle the lock? Uh, I have a, um, I might 
actually, you know what? I will take the fork. I won't, I won't use that um, straight off the bat. I'm going to try it with the small knife that I got back at the Tabaxi village. Good call. All right. Um, I'm going to say make me a performance check with disadvantage as a knife technically isn't a key to a lock. Performance check, did you say? Mm, yeah. I nine. see you've played knifey nine locky before. Nine. Nine. Jimming around in the lock, you hear it and your little ears prick up and you go, and you get excited, but then you realise, no, as you pull it out, you haven't broken the knife, but it's slightly chipped along one of its sharp edges. Okay. Um, how, I don't think Tatty's going to be able to do this. It'll probably have to be Honash, to be fair. Um, how, can we get a sense of how heavy the box is? Um, not easily, but I mean, you're not imbeciles. You know that anything wrought iron that's a meter by fifty, yeah, meter by fifty centimeters is going to weigh a fair amount. Mm. Um, to maybe Hanash on his own could lift it as he's hench. I'm just, but, gonna, yeah, I'm just going to get. I'm just going to ask um, ask the Olean to come down and have a look at it. I'm going to assume that he's got some thieves' tools. As you look I around, if the keys Olean. in the um, cathedral. Yeah, could be. Um, you look over and you see Theolian on the perimeter as you pull him back. He slowly comes back low to the ground as he walks up, looks down, sees it. Says, yes, okay, I can give that a go. As he rolls up his sleeves, actually before, he looks down at it, says, oh, give that a go. Peels off his leather waistcoat, hands it to Maud. And don't be wearing that. As he rolls up his ridiculously white elfin silk shirt, sleeves, reaches into a pocket behind him, pulls out a shiny set of lockpicks, crouches down on the floor and goes to town. Equal measures, listening, getting different keys, getting various different um, tools to try and trigger the different tumblers, he gets an 18. After a while, you see, almost like, almost like Theolian is playing the lock like a musical instrument. He gets more and more pins, manipulating the tumblers until there's a... As he slowly withdraws them, puts them in. He doesn't open it. He steps back. I, um, can I, as one... I don't know what I don't really know what check this would be uh specifically, so you might have to tell me. Um I know I've already kind of checked for traps. Could I specifically check for magical traps? Is that a thing I can do? Um Aristobulus can someone can. Someone's got detect magic, haven't they? Oh yeah, Aristobulus can actually. That's a good point. Um Sorry, I just I because uh, I can't edit his character sheet. I have to keep track of his spell slots on uh, on paper. Um, yes, 
Um, I will get Aristobulus's attention and I will... Um, yeah, I will uh, ask him to cast Detect Magic, which he does. Aristobulus bending over in front of it, still sad that his shovel couldn't open the box, looks down, listens to you, winks at Theolian, rolls up his greasy sleeves, and you see sparks crackling across the hairs of Aristobulus's arms. As he looks down, you see his eyes turn a cobalt blue of static electricity as he almost peers into the box. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of magic in there, like a fuck ton of magic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him, is it like, is it, the box itself, is it magic, or is it just what's inside it? Can you tell? Fuck me, you want the moon on a stick. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's the inside of the box. Cool. I'll, um, I'll proceed with caution and lift up, the, lift up the, the lid of the box. Amazing. Lifting up the lid of the box, there's a moment exactly like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. The power just beams out of the box and you just see all the flesh melt off the gnome's face as he just melts like a shit wax candle. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> sorry. Couldn't, couldn't stop myself. As, um, as you lean forward, you lift up the lid, and as you do, a light emanates from it, a bright, pure light, as you're almost blinded, your stumpy little fingers almost letting go of the lid as you push it back, and there's a <laughs> the heaviness of the lid. As you look down and as your eyes all accustomed to the brightness, you see three perfect orbs next to each other. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, I, um, I, look, I just look over at Theolian and give like a little smile and then I wander over and pick, pick up all three and, and put, them in the, put them in my bag. Should shouldn't we split them between us so that we aren't corrupted by the evil magic of the orbs? Yeah, sure. And um, I give um, I give one each to to you three. Sounds like oh. someone wants to be corrupted. <laughs> Theolian the looks over and says, "One of the party is not who they seem." What is this? No, I'm just kidding. What is this among us? <laughs> <laughs> So yes, reaching in, the gnome ranger scoops up the orbs one by one, their brightness lighting up the night, not night sky, their brightness lighting up the graveyard as almost feeling like the end of a large journey. You wrap them individually in bits of cloth and hand them one to Belsiar, one to Hanash and one to Maud as each of you put away the orbs into your backpacks and satchels respectively. You all have a certain smugness about you as you realise you've gone a long way towards reuniting the lost orbs of Tartarus. As you all look to Theolian for approval, knowing what it will mean to him to get back his native woodland and town and city. He looks at I open my door really wide. <laughs> 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 the alien looks over at you all and says, That's four. One more orb. Just one more orb, and we can do this. 
Will it fit inside the child's skull? <laughs> That'd be a pretty cool thing to put on top. Like a really big ice bowl for your whiskey. Yeah. As he looks over, you're desecrating this timeless magic orb, trying to slam it into the toothless skull of a child as Theolian wraps an arm around you, which you can tell is all muscle. Please don't do that. That is beyond priceless. And I'm not talking about the skull. Yeah, no, I just think it's, I mean, it's very kind of like, uh, you know, magic-y and like having a, a skull and a glowing orb. I don't think it's desecration. It's it's kind of enhancing the, the, the but if, if 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 you insist, I, I, I won't. I'll, I'll I'll keep my my skulls and my orbs. Thank you. I do. I do appreciate that. I um. I don't want the same thing to happen to the orb that happened to the otters. No, that's. <laughs> I, I I collapse into into sad sad mumbling <laughs> as he walks away, and then is where we're going to pause momentarily. Picking back up where we left off, the band of merry adventurers <coughs> in the graveyard outside the cathedral in the rain as the night slowly draws to an end as you see the First light of dawn peeking up over the tops of the tree line. Four orbs in your possession, separated between you in case one of you should come to a grisly end. Um, can we? Did you say that? Hummer. Did you say that? Sorry. Um, did you say that dawn was coming up now? Yeah. Can we? Um, I'm just thinking about Aristobulus, really. Uh, not that I don't care about anyone else or Tassy for that matter. Um, can we take a short rest before we go into the cathedral? Absolutely. Um, while we are taking a short rest, uh, Tati is going to go up to Theolian and, um, he's going to, um, I'm going to say thanks for, um, thanks for helping out with the, with the lock on the, the box, the box full of the orbs. That's quite all right. Thank you for giving me relationship advice. <laughs> um, I notice you he looks down in a really creep in a really creepy manner. He looks down and says, "I hope you pick that lock." And he looks back at Aristobulus. You help me pick that lock. Um, Tatty just kind of like doesn't know how to respond. He's got like cognitive dissonance from like the, from like Theolian opening up to him and him and Belsiar has like shattered his world. Theolian gives you a smile that can only be parallel to that scene in Terminator 2 where the Terminator attempts to learn how to smile. As his rictus looking grin on his face looks a little bit like the skull that you just dug out of the ground. I think that lock picks itself to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Aristobulus walks back in and just says alright yeah what are we talking about I just I I just turn back to Theolian and I just I just go anyway I was going to ask you um, 
do you have a spare set of lock picks? Because I've been using I've been using a knife, and it's you know you know how it is. Um, a knife doesn't really do the job. I have this set of lock picks, which was given to me by my uncle. I'm not really in a place to give it up, but I tell you what: if you help me to convince Aristobulus to give it up, I will give you, and return, I will give up these lockpicks. I mean, you, I'm, I mean, you don't have to do that. Like, I'm very, I'm very, I'm already invested in your, in your situation, shall we say. Um, so, and, and, you know, these, these were given to you by your uncle. Like, I'm not going to take them away from you. Um, it's just, just out of interest, um, really. Don't, don't worry. I think my uncle got them in a cracker. Um, they're not important or anything. I mean, elves make these things like they're bric-a-brac. You know, to you, they're enchanted. To you, they're magical. To us, they're just absolute crap. Like, <laughs> seriously. I go, okay. And I um, I just say, you, you got yourself a deal. Um, he goes to shake your hand, and then he brushes his fingers against your stumpy fingers, and he gets all awkward and just pulls them away. Like when you give someone a handshake and they're really limp. Right. It's just like Arrested Development, every time Job and Michael forget about Buster's hand. <laughs> so, what are you doing? The sun's coming up. You've got four orbs. The Olean's getting randier by the minute. You look around and you just see the fairy is just like sitting on top of one of the gravestones, swigging back some drink, just swaying around. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna say to Theolian, um, I don't know if you've noticed. Um, I mean, you, you know, it's probably this. It might be the same for you. You know, you're you're an, you're an older guy. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Aristobulus tends to get a little bit, a little bit odd, a little bit freaky, shall we say, when he gets in. When you know, when we get find ourselves in a in a combat situation, and I just kind of like nod my head over to the cathedral and I say, um, you want to go have some fun? Oh, I want to have some fun. I want to... Listen, I don't know how to flirt. Who am I kidding? Jesus Christ. Yes. If you think he's going to get his freak on, let's get ours on. And he just pulls out his knife and he goes to like spin it around his hand and just awkwardly drops it. Oh, Christ, I'm getting more awkward by the minute, aren't I? Jesus Christ. Listen... Every time I look at him, I just get all sweaty. As you both look over and you see Aristobulus doing a cartwheel as his robes ride up, exposing his filthy, pale ass. As Theolian says, right, well, there'll be time for this side narrative later. Come on. Let's go check out the, um, let's go check out the cathedral, see what's in there. Yeah. Let's go check out the cathedral. As you all make your way towards the cathedral leaving the graveyard you look up at it it's a fantastic building that dominates the skyline it's it's a genuine piece of beautiful elfin architecture that has clearly seen better times but it's still a, a very breathtaking thing to behold just the scale of it alone and you look up at it and it has one main body with several um, spires along the top and just these most intricate um, 
stained glass windows as the morning light breaks through over the horizon. You see it reflecting off the stained glass windows and the myriad of colours that just glisten. Um, as for a moment, you think you can hear a cackle coming from inside the cathedral. Mm-hmm. You're currently side-on to cathedral, by the way. Um, are we, like, closer to the, on the map? All oh, right. On the map, the left of the cathedral. You're on the left-hand side of the cathedral, so the entrance is beneath you. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, gesture to everyone else uh, to, f- uh, to follow me, um, and I'll, I'll kind of stealth ahead like um, 10 feet or something like that um, and just try and see, see, if I can, um, see if I can make out the, the lay of the land as I get closer to the entrance. Sure. So using your natural hunting and ranger skills, you head out of the graveyard, looking behind you, looking at the wreckage that you've left behind you, the holes in the ground and the strewn earth. A smile breaks across your face as you realise you've come so far and you've come so close to finding the last of the orbs. As you set off on this, quite possibly the last part of this, section of your tail coming around the side of the building um you as you there's almost like a main body and two and and, and like an an, an extension that comes out to one side on this and as you come around it you see strewn outside this side of the cathedral someone has turfed out a lot of the things that would have been inside the cathedral and you see strewn on the floor um, a smashed set of cabinets and several dinged up pews that would have once been inside the cathedral that somebody with no sense of respect has turfed out the front of the cathedral and left to rot outside. Um, do I do I get a sense of it might be that the it might be that the cathedral is too broken down to be able to tell? To be fair, do I get a sense of what um, if any if there was a specific denomination <laughs> um make me a religion check i think that might be the one thing that tatty has never never done before <laughs> natural one not a man of god <laughs> natural one as the dm frantically scrolled to google Different religions in D and D. The player rolled a natural one. The dungeon master, easing off his sudden Google search, realizing that he would not have to make any shit up on the spot. As Tatty looked up, looking up at the cathedral, you see that it's in good nick. It's not, you know, it's a bit run down, and it clearly hasn't been looked after. It doesn't have a groundskeeper. You look up at some of the phenomenal scrolling and the scripting that runs across the top of it, and your travelled sense. The fact you've been around and travelled a bit as a as a soldier, you know that's elfin script. And as you look at some of the gargoyles and the figures that are carved out of stone, they look impressive. Some of them have wings on their back. Some of them carry great swords. One of them is in a pose fighting a ginormous beast, driving a spear through the beast's chest. There's nothing that stands out to you as any particular religion or denomination, but what you do take away is the fact that this was some undertaking to build this cathedral and that it was a focal point to the city at one point and people would clearly have come from far and wide to worship and bring offering okay not bad for, not bad for a natural one 
That's quite a lot of insight for a natural one. Then. Quite a lot of insight without actually without actually knowing anything. Um, I'm gonna, yeah. As I come up to the entrance, um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, stealth ahead, stealth inside. I'm just gonna um, gesture to everyone else to kind of follow behind until I see anything. Okay, okay. As you, as you stealth around the front, you finally come to the front of the cathedral and you look up at the giant arches that form and above you, you see a giant spire that goes up. Um, the strewn remains of stuff. At the front of the cathedral, there is a cobbled street or the remains of what used to be a cobbled street and strewn across it are smashed up bits of wood. Occasionally you can see um destroyed reliquaries and things that have once been held sacred within the church that have been turfed out to rot and um fall apart in the rain and the weather as you look over to one side you do actually see a tumble down well uh, or what is the remains of what you believe to be a well and as you look up at the front of the cathedral you see a set of giant 20 foot solid oak doors or solid wood doors um, barring your entrance to the cathedral. I open the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Such suspense. Walking up to it, Panas, the biggest and brawliest brute of you all, you look straight up at the door, not one to be intimidated by Gothic architecture. You lean your shoulder into the door and push with all of your might against the cobbles. Make me an athletics check. Cool. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Pushing with all of your might, wet beading on your forehead, you push against it and you feel it start to move but the weight of it is too much for you as one single person you can't tell whether it's barred from the inside or if it's just too damn heavy for one person to open is it open like a crack can i like see inside between like the the doors is there a gap gap now to move that far Uh, not but well i'll tell you what make me a perception check eight eight you lean and you look and you try and see whether there's anything. You get low to the ground and you sniff like a dog and you can sense a horrible stench coming from inside. I tell everyone that stanky out there, in there. Um, did you say um, on the side of it that we walked down as we were going towards mm. the entrance, did you say that there were stained, stained glass windows? Yeah. Um, Are we going to throw, throw tatty through the windows? I was, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about using the um, the grappling hook, but I don't know if there'll be any if there'll be anything that we can latch onto. So the stained glass windows, as big as they are, maybe they're ten foot wide each, and maybe thirty foot tall, and they come together in a gothic arch. And on them, uh, some of the bits are missing, but you get the feeling that it's a, a representation of an epic battle that's happened in, in the elfin history. As you look. They're about, they start maybe 10, 15 feet off the floor. So there's like large, huge, hewn blocks of stone that make the wall and then a lintel. And then maybe 10 or 15 feet up, it starts into the, into the um, stained glass window. Is this an opportunity 
to set the doors on fire. <laughs> or I love an opportunity to set the doors on fire. Why wouldn't you? I like I, I, I like Maud's thinking. I don't know Let if it's Yeah, I mean what what could go wrong? You know what we could do? And I look across at Hunash. I say the old toss the moon through the stained glass window maneuver. No. <laughs> no. No. Um I say maybe it's time to maybe it's time to crack out the big daddy. You you mean the blue nibbles? As you say this, you hear a noise behind you, you all turn around to see the little figure of the gnome but, um, as you all turn around, you see the little figure of the fairy behind you. There's a little voice says, What the fuck are you up to? Just trying We to- are out here, but we need to be in there. Oh. Do you reckon there'd be teeth in there? So many teeth. Right. I'm in. What do you want me to do? The door. Open it. Yeah, try the door. As he takes a swig from his hip flask, he's like, right you are. And he goes, you're an animal. As he just flies <laughs> the door and you just hear a <laughs> And then the little figure of a fairy just sliding down the door into a heap. While he's on the floor, can I put him in a flask? <laughs> He's yep. going to come in really super useful and we can shake him for his fairy dust and things will happen. Um, I think this is darker than the, than the children's skulls. <laughs> Make me a performance. Yeah. Make me a performance check. Okay. All right. I'll make you a performance check. The fairy is a living creature. He shouldn't be trapped. I mean, the, the, the children are already dead. This, this, this is, this is worse line, than Dobby added. That line is so dark. <laughs> <laughs> 19. 19. As you quickly scuttle over, the fairy is like on the floor. There's a lump on the side of his head as he's like, fuck me, Jesus Christ. As you scoop him up, slam him into your canteen, screw the lid on, leaving it off a crack so that there's still some air coming into him. As you hear a little voice on the inside, an echoey voice saying, Oh, Hello! No! 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 As you just hear like a thumping against the side. I will kill you, you wee shite! So I take the flask and with my little claw, I make some holes in the top, <laughs> rub it on tighter so he can't get out. And then I hold him up and I shake him just hard enough to let him know that he needs to be quiet. As you start poking your claws through. He's like, what the fuck do I look like, a magician's assistant? It's like sharp things start stabbing inside the little container that he's in. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Where's the alcohol going? There's all the alcohol drains out of the bottle that was once in there. And you just see like a little eye up against the holes. He's like, I will get out of here and I will kill you. I've got a set of skills, skills that I have honed over a unique career of being a drunkard, and I will use them. Trust me, I will get out of here, and I will sober up, and I will kill um, you. Can I just politely remind him that nobody's going to miss him, and that this is um, enforced rehab? So I'm just trying him out, basically. Like, it's right. for his own good. 
I don't want to make a big thing out of it, but I do have two children, Molar and Incisor, and I do think they will miss me. But if you really do want to keep me from my children, oh, I see you making the small yappy noise with your hand. Jesus Christ. All right. All right. All right. I'll shut up. But reinforce rehab and he'll get something out of it. He'll be a, a much better, wiser person. And in the meantime, anytime we need some fairy dust, all we have to do is shake the canteen with all the holes in. Winners. Yeah, it's like a very just salt, salt shaker. Absolutely. <laughs> See? Brilliant. All right, Mord, I think Mord, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you because you scare me, but I, I will warn you that no one puts alcohol, <laughs> no one puts Adventurers Anonymous into rehab uh, <laughs> against our will. So just, just remember that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll drip some tequila in. Every so often, just to keep him from dying, you know, like weaning him off slowly. But other than that, he's he's not good at the moment, and he's just boring and annoying. So we're going to sober him up a little bit, maybe a bit of cheese in there, just so he doesn't die. Can, can I, like, as soon as I see like the alcohol dripping out, can I like make it like a jump so I can like put my mouth under like it so I can try and try try and scrounge the the alcohol as it flows out. Theolian at this point looks over at everything that's going on and he says, I don't want to judge you, but would you say you might have a problem with drinking? Who's he referring to? You, on the floor, drinking liquid, tumbling out of a canteen. No, I've got the solution. I'm getting alcohol. You have the problem. You have no alcohol. <laughs> I see. All I'm going to say is thank you. You've only got one more. No, Siri, fuck off. I won't respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we had this conversation, Siri. As I was saying, I do feel that maybe you have a problem, but we've come so far and we are so near to getting the last orb. I suppose I should probably embrace your ways. At this, Belsia, you hear a voice and it says, Dude, I just wanted to say that what you said back there was amazing. As you look down, you look everywhere, you realize your sword is talking to you. I I take it out and I say very quietly, because I don't want anyone to think I'm crazy, but I say, thank you. It's okay, man. I know we don't really talk much anymore, but I just wanted to say that I don't think anybody should put you in rehab if you don't need to. I know that you put me in this scabbard. And you've not really let me out in a while, but I just want to know I'm here for you, man. That 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 means a lot, but I I I you you kind of scare me a little bit because I'm not used to swords talking, and I'm wondering if I'm crazy. But I tell you what, you know, let's just take baby steps. You know, I'm not asking for a great level of commitment. All I'm asking is that you unsheath me from time to time. You know, it's quid pro pro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I I feel like you're thirsting for blood, which just... Whoa, whoa. No, no, no. And, you know, I'm not an evil sort, man. No. Just, you know, I like getting... You know, who doesn't like getting unsheathed once in a while? That's... Uh, well, I'll, I'll try and keep that in mind. Um, well, I'll wave you around. I'll, I'll, I'll take you around and wave you around the next time we're in combat. How's that? Oh, thanks, dude. I mean, that's so important for my self-esteem. Look, thanks. Good talk. Good talk. Get back at it, champ. Thanks, bud. 
as Belsiar resheaths his sword awkwardly in around. I'm gonna um yeah. So what I was saying before, I'm gonna I'm gonna look to Honash and I'm gonna kind of gesture to the front door and I'm gonna say, I wonder wonder if it's time to wonder if it's time to pull out the big daddy. I like go to unzip my trousers and then say, Oh no, no, that's that's not what you meant. <laughs> I say no, no that's what, I say no that's what that's once we're inside the cathedral. More later when we're alone, I hear you. Uh, yeah, on this door is it obvious like where there might be like a lock thing or like it's like this like an obvious place for me to shoot where I'm gonna kind of be able to kind of maybe gain access. Make me a perception check. Cool. Okay, I guess I'm like yeah, looking for like handles or something. Ah, e- oh, great fires. <laughs> I can't see any handles. Can anyone see any handles? It's got very large handles and a ginormous pair of knockers. There is a majestic pair of knockers, brass knockers on the door, and you see handles. Beyond that, you see no visible keyhole or hinges. It obviously opens inwards because you can't see the hinges on the outside. Mm. I'm going to... Um, how big are the handles? Are they like they're like, a, like a hand size or these like ginormous kind of like... About size of your head? Okay. So I'm going to shoot in the middle, like in, in like the crack in the two two doors by the um, by the by the knockers, the glorious brass knockers. Uh, right, how are you doing this? What range are you getting at with this blunderbuss to these doors? Point blank. It's a Point fucking. It's a fucking blank. grenade launcher. Oh, I was thinking more like a sawed off shotgun. It is. Yeah, I mean, no, it's somewhere in between the both. It's. It's 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 not a precision instrument. It's you know it's we will do maximum damage at a wide burst area. Yeah, if you stick the end of the bell of the blunderbuss up against something and pull the trigger, you'll blow yourself away. Well, no, I mean like I'm going to be like very close to it, but I'm assuming it's not explosive. Is it like a buckshot? I think. Yeah. Okay. So like I'm quite close. To it. I'm not like I'm not touching it. But I'm like I'm I'm, I'm like uh, six inches away, so I've got some, like room for recoil and stuff. And then, yeah, <laughs> six inches. I've got room for recoil. Um, <laughs> Another great title. <laughs> make me <laughs> six inches. I've got room for recoil. The new title. <laughs> um, make me an attack on the door. The first attack of this episode. It's a natural one. A natural one. Um, walking up to it, you strut up to the door, pull the blunderbuss from behind your shoulder, level it, light the wad on the side. You see the fuse burning down as it goes, as you blow yourself away. The next thing you know, you wake up on the floor, smoke billowing off you. Everyone's gathered around with a scared look on their face. As everyone looks at you, you've got a metal nail sticking out of your temple. Wait, what, what were you guys looking at? Did, did I do good? You take four points of damage as everyone just stares down at you as a massive piece of metal just sticking out the side of your temple like Frankenstein bolt out of his neck. I guess, like, do I, do I have something? <laughs> Ah! 
Pull out, leave it in, pull out, leave it in, pull out, leave it in. What's Maud doing? Uh, Maud is staring at Hanach. Like, she, she, she can't quite figure out what's going on. She doesn't know whether to push the nail in with a tail, like, slap it in, or she doesn't know whether to end his suffering entirely. But what she does do is quite likes Hanash, always been a bit friendly. And um, so she goes over with the salt shaker. <laughs> with the uh, the fairy salt shaker. She goes up with the fairy. Brain damages the fairy slightly. But little bits of fairy dust fall out of it. Jesus Christ. I mean, as a DM, I've got no point of reference on this. <laughs> Make me either a medicine check or a performance check. Which one do you want? It's up to you. I really Ooh. don't mind. 24. Performance check. 24. As you shake the... Um, as you shake the canteen with the fairy in, you hear a, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what's the living fuck? As you just see like glitter rain down as it just slowly drops through the air and just settles across Hanash's face. Hanash, as you look up and you see the descending multicolored rainbow motes of fairy dust rain down upon you, you feel a warmth radiate through you you feel your four points of health coming back to you that you lost and you feel this weird feeling as the bolt fuses into the side uh, the nail fuses into the side of your temple a permanent addition to you now have i been frankenstein <laughs> I, I, I like it i feel like it gives me character you just say you now have a giant shrapnel horn sticking out of your your left temple. I say thank you, Moors. I say namaste, fairy. We don't I really feel like fairy. I have much of a choice in this. I take the fairy and I say thank you, and then I shove him back into the squirrel bag. Unceremonious. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, as you all get up, Theolian is just looking in shock at what he's just seen. He really has no point of reference for what the fuck's going on. Even Lady, even Lady Barbara is looking a little bit shell-shocked at all of this. As you all turn around and look at the door, it now has a semispherical hole blown out of the centre of it at about head height. A hole which is about 30-odd centimetres wide. Still smoking. From where the blunderbuss hit it. I'm going to fit through it. Did you say you want to try and fit through it? Uh, no, I want to fit Tatty through it. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I do have the I do have the, um, the boots of spider climbing, so I could at the very least walk myself up to the, walk myself up to the hole and have a look through it. So as you all gather around and look at the smoking crater in the middle of the cathedral door, Everybody starts looking down towards Tatty, everyone having the same idea in their mind to fit the little diminutive ranger through the door. 
as a noise comes from the back of the group as Aristobulus brings out a jar, takes the lid off and went, do you want me to lube you up? Um, I say, no, nah, I'm, I'm feeling skinny today. All right, yeah, well, look, the offer's there as he just rubs a bit of um, grease on his balls. All right, yeah, good. Good luck. I look, I look across to Theolian, who at this point I assume is practically salivating. Theolian looks up a bit like a, a child who's been caught by his mum and who opens the bedroom door too quickly. He quickly like just skitters away, just like whoop, whoop, yeah, looking away from Aristobulus's balls. Um, he moves his backpack around the front of his trousers in a really awkward kind of way, and then. Um, Right, well, if we're ready, I mean, um, yes, go for it, little one. I go, um, I just I just turn to Theolian and I say, watch my six. But I give him a, I, I give him a look as if to say, but not not like that. Like, not in that way. Um, so I'm going to, did you say that the, um, did you say that the hole was about head height? I assume you mean regular head height. <laughs> head height for Hanash, Aristobulus, Theolian, yeah. It's about 30 centimetres across as you make your way to it. Are you being lifted up or are you walking up? What are you doing? I'm going to walk. Um, is it like right in the middle of the two doors? Yeah, I'm going to walk up on one side around it and over the top of it to like peek my head in from, from upside down. As you walk along the ground with your spider boots engaging, dung, 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 you walk round. Still feeling the warmth and the smoke coming off the door, bits of shrapnel still sticking out from the woodwork where Hanash blew himself away. You duck your head round, look inside. As the morning light is starting to come through the stained glass windows, you see the atrium to the cathedral dimly lit up. An absolutely beautiful, majestic building, but in such disrepair, you just see pews scattered around the place altars desiccated your eyes accustoming to the darkness you see things scuttling around on the inside and you hear a high-pitched laugh as you hear a voice say <laughs> and that is where we will leave this week's episode fucking a so that's about all we've got time for this week but before we go, we just wanted to say a massive thank you for tuning in to listen to us. As ever, your reviews, comments and subscribes are much appreciated. So, from myself, both Chris's, Chanel, Matt and Lewis, it's goodbye. Have a great week out there. And remember, stay tipsy.